Well, hello, everybody, and welcome to the 25-Minute Coaching Podcast. This series is really about just getting together one-on-one with agents, um, finding out what their biggest challenge and obstacle is, and then solving it, and then figuring and implementing a complete blueprint so um, 12 months from now that these agents will be able to double their income just by kind of focusing on what they already do really well, but just going a lot more deeper on it. So I'm really excited because today we have Carol McIntyre on the phone. So hi, Carol. How are you? I'm great, thank you. How are you, Glenn? I'm doing great. So, Carol, can you just tell everyone just a little bit about yourself, uh, where you work, what you do, how long you've been in the business for? Sure. Yep. I'm uh, I'm at Keller Williams Energy in Durham, so just east of Toronto. I service mostly Whitby, Ajax, Oshawa, Clarington, that marketplace. Um, I've just started my fourth year. Um, Keller Williams Energy is the only brokerage I've ever been at, so I love it. And uh, I got my broker's license this year, and uh, I'm just loving it. I think it's a, a great fit for me, and I enjoy every bit of it. I love getting up every day and, and going to work. So that's me. Perfect. Well, that's exciting. And so what is your biggest kind of challenge or obstacle that you're facing right now um, that you want to talk about today on today's call? Uh, I have a few challenges. Um I'm a bit of a control freak, so I work on my own. I don't have an assistant, so I'm sure that's part of a challenge. Um, I also um, am sort of having trouble with um, the unpredictability of my business. I think I'm quite fortunate in that already I'm sort of in a repeat and refer uh, business. I get a lot of uh, work from past clients and friends and and people that, um, you know, that I know or have dealt with even in other aspects of life. So, you know, that's very flattering that they trust me um, with the real estate, but it is very unpredictable. So, you know, between that and open houses, it's it's more about a steady, I guess more of a steady flow. Um, so, yeah, I guess those are really my two biggest challenges and, and sort of systems. I'm not really a systems person right now. It's all kind of in my head and in folders scattered all around my office. So I don't even think I could get an assistant if I wanted one right now because I don't even know how to describe <laughs> what it is I do. <laughs> so, yeah, well, you there's, know, there's you, a few challenges. <laughs> okay, that's going to be exciting. I think we'll be able to figure mm-hmm. them all out. Can you just give me a little bit maybe more depth on the open house side so everyone can listening just knows the context of what the, the challenge or opportunity or what you want to uh, improve on your open houses? Um, I think the open houses, the reason I like open houses is because most of the times they're, you know, fairly warm leads and I'm a very personable person. Um, so, you know, they come in and I, you know, connect with a lot of people right out of the gate. Um, and then I guess my biggest challenge is I connect with them, but then the challenge would be the follow-up and the, the logistics and the systemization of, of the leads and, you know, tracking the leads and following the leads and following up with the leads that's kind of where I lose them. So I guess that's my biggest challenge. So I can go and meet, you know, five people or five different sets of buyers in a day and think, oh, great, I connected with all of them. And then, you know, not forget to call them, but just go, oh, I thought we connected. Maybe they were going to call me back, you know. (laughs) So, I mean, that's part of it uh, is just, you know, taking it from meeting them and, and having that connection to actually getting out in the car and, and, and helping them move forward. 
Right. Does that okay. make sense? Yeah, no, it totally makes sense. And I think it's, okay. you know, I'm pretty sure it's going to resonate with some of the people who are listening right now because um, they're probably got the exact same challenges that you have, right? Okay. right. Um, is, you know, what do I, what do, I do? Because um, you're probably fairly hands-on that when you get a hot lead, you just want to spring into action and go and help them as much as they can. But you're also going to deal with the other side, which is they might not be ready or, or willing to move at the exact same high speed that you're ready to go to. So exactly. it's more about how do we slow it down and nurture them and be in their world so that when they're ready, you're ready, and then you can just go in and do what you do the best. Exactly. And how do I not lose them? So if they're not ready today, how do I not lose them? Right. Okay. You know? Okay. Yeah. Super. So let's start with the referral side of things, right? Okay. So most of your business is referral and repeat, right? And that's, yeah. um, you know, kudos to you because what that tells me is that you're probably coming more from contribution on this, how you can help these people in your committed to kind of delivering like a world-class experience for them and when people feel that you're doing that for them they tend to easily want to refer their friends and family perfect good to hear (laughs) yeah so and what we know from the research is that um, from all of the people that you meet and do business with 20 percent will refer lots of people to you 20% 20% will never refer anyone to you. They just like, hey, thanks, got the product, got the service, but then just, they just go off the grid. It's not what they do. It's not who they are. Right. So the big challenge is how do we motivate the middle 60% to kind of send you more referrals, right? Okay. Yeah. So the first thing I want to talk about is this concept called referral chaining, right? Um, okay. And referral chaining is really um, linking the people who send you the referrals and then thanking everyone down the chain. So let me just give you an example. So if you were recently referred to Bob and Bob was referred to you from Bill, what most agents do is they'll pick up the phone and they'll talk to Bill and go, Hey Bill, thank you so much for referring Bob. Like, thank you so much. I really appreciate it. So have you done that in the past? Yes, absolutely. Yeah, for sure. But what people don't realize, and this is what you could kind of do with your database, is look at where Bill came from. Because a lot of times Bill would have been referred from your um, other client, Nancy. Right. And then Nancy might have been referred originally from your other friend, Julie. So what referral chaining is, is you don't stop at Bill, you go all the way back to Julie. So you get the referral from Bob that came from Bill. Don't want to confuse people with all these names. But after you thank Bill, um, then you then call Nancy because Nancy was the person who originally referred referred Bill to you. And you just have a quick conversation with Nancy. Say, hey, Nancy, you know, it's Carol calling. Just want to say thank you so much, Um, um, you know, when you referred Bill to me. We found him a great place, but you're not going to believe what happened. Bill just referred one of his colleagues, Bob, to me, and none of this would have happened without you. So I just want to call and say thank you so much. You're amazing. Perfect. Okay, great. That's a great idea. And then you pick up the phone and you call Julie. And you say, hey, Julie, remember when you referred Nancy to me and then Nancy referred um, Bill? Well, Bill just referred Bob, and none of this would have have happened without you. And I just want to call to say how grateful I am and thank you so much. Okay, perfect. 
And then what happens when when you call and pe- make people feel good, and and you don't call and go, "Do you have any other referrals for me?" Right. What you're actually doing is you're rewarding people for the behavior that you want to get from your client base. Okay. So what's going to happen is I will guarantee you that within a week or two, you will get another referral from Julie, and you're going to get another referral from Nancy. Oh, wow. That's fantastic. Yeah, it's really cool. And you can just, you know, so for the, those people listening and also for yourself, is take a look at your client base and just try to track them back and try to connect chains to where they originally came from. And then every time you get a new referral, you go back and thank everyone for the behavior they just demonstrated that you want to reward. And then people will just do it again. Excellent. And so you always call as opposed to a handwritten note. I mean, obviously I would never email, but you prefer a phone call to a note or a pop by with a gift or what do you, what do you find in your experiences work the best for you? I think the phone call is still the most powerful way for you to communicate it. It's wonderful to send a thank you note, and someone will open that thank you note, and for that 10 seconds, we'll go, well, that was really nice of her to send it. But then it's gone because another piece of paper got shoved on their desk or their kid called or something happened, and they've forgotten about it. Um, So I find the connection that happens through a telephone call is by far the best way to go about this. Okay, that's good to know. I'm actually a bit of a phonophobic. I rarely call people. So <laughs> so this is good to know. This is probably a very another pointing out sort of another weak spot in my business plan. So Yeah. Okay, good. Well, it's you know, be, but it's most even phonophobics don't have a hard time calling somebody when they're calling to say thank you so much. Exactly. Yeah, I'm fine when I have a purpose. Um, yeah. So there's definitely a purpose in this. So that's great. Yeah, but you're not chit chatty, like just for no reason, right? It'll drive you nuts. Exactly. Right? Yeah, exactly. But when you call, then it's an amazing thing. So that's um, the number one way I would probably start. And just increasing the um, steady volume of referrals is just every time you get one is to go deeper on the chain. Okay, excellent. Okay, and the second thing I would do, and this is a perfect time of the year to do it. Um, so in Toronto, um, we have the One of a Kind show um, that's this weekend, I believe, and next week down at uh, the exhibition place. And for I know there's going to be people listening across North America, but you will have certain shows at certain times of the year, and it's the best way for you to reach out um, for every show and just touch your clients. And so I would do a phone call like this right now. I'd look at my client base and I'd call right through it. I'd start with probably my favorite clients first, like I, my raving fans, amazing people, and then move to my good clients and eventually move down. Like it's your great clients and your goods who really get this phone call. The other people who are just like, okay, well, if you got time, you can call them. Right. So the phone call goes like this. You just go ring, ring, and they answer and you go, hey, how are you? You know, Jim, it's Glenn McQuitty calling. I um, just want to let you know I've bought you some tickets to the one-of-a-kind show. I was just thinking about you guys. It's a great place if you want to go and find unique gifts or presents or even just a great time to go and, you know, um, uh, you know, get away from everything and go down to see the show. There's amazing art and crafts and everything. Have you ever been to that show, Carol? 
Uh, yes, I have. Yes, I was yeah. there it was quite a few years ago, but it was fantastic. Yeah. Uh, and what I find actually is a lot of my clients, a lot of the kind of like um, girls or a lot of the wives will all group together and like five of them will go down and just spend the day down there, right? You know, right. Um, and inevitably end up drinking a beautiful glass of white wine at three o'clock in the afternoon. So it's kind of perfect, right? Excellent. So, um, and the whole idea is you don't really care if they're going to go to the show because that doesn't matter. It's completely secondary. It's just your calling from contribution to say, I was thinking about you, I remember you, and I bought these tickets. And, um, you know, you can get them online or whatever, but it's basically $13, I think, a ticket for the show, $10 if you get them in bulk. But you can also order them by consignment. You might be a bit late because I think the show starts, but and so they you only get charged. But... The whole idea is then you get to touch your clients three or four times. So the call is, do you want the tickets? If they do, then the next is you do a drop-by and actually hand them the tickets. But don't go in or anything. Just like, hi, how are you, Lou? I'm just you know showing a home in your neighborhood. But I, I wanted to get these tickets off to you. Um, and then the next touch is after the show is to call back and just see how the show was. Right, okay. And so what you'll find it? is, what's that? Sorry. No, I'm just writing this down. So how was the show? Yep. Yeah, how was the show? So it's like your three great touches coming from contribution. And the key here is to never bring up real estate. Right. Okay. Do not bring up real estate. A lot of people will feel, okay, um, they'll go now at the end of, hey, do you know anyone who's thinking about buying or selling? And I think you just killed it when you do that because mm-hmm. the whole idea about getting referrals is – um, creating reciprocity with your clients because you're doing such a great job and great favor for them. Right. Totally makes so, sense. Yeah. Okay. And then the third call is if you don't want to do the um, one-of-a-kind show, um, you can do this any time in the year, um, but my target would be everyone who bought in the last 18 months. And okay. it's called the um, two-question referral call. And um, so the first question is, how are you? Right. The second question is, how's your home? Great. And uh, why this works is, um, so I think the record on this is I had one of my coaching clients who called 37 past clients and asked those two questions and got 17 referrals from them. Oh, my gosh. Very cool. That's because amazing. And the whole context of the call has to be set up properly. So it would be more like, um, so if you're my client, I'd be like, and you just bought, say, six months ago. Um, I would be like, oh, hey, Carol, it's Glenn calling. How are you doing? So just play along here with me. Okay, great. Yeah, I'm doing great. Thanks. <laughs> yeah, great. Listen, I'm going through some withdrawal because we used to spend all this time together looking for houses. And um, so I just want to check in and see how are you doing? I'm, I'm doing well. I'm settling in, and, and uh, I love the neighborhood. Great. And how's the house? Has there been any surprises or anything? No, actually, I think um, we knew the roof had to be done, so we got that done in the spring. And other than that, it's been great. We love the neighbors, and we're really happy here. Oh, I'm so happy for you because I know how happy you guys were when you first bought that place. So I just really want to just call and just say hi and just make sure everything is going okay. And you need to know that if there's anything you need, like if there's contractors or anybody, like don't hesitate to give me a call because I'm with you all the way on this. Um, and if it's okay with you, I'd love to, once you guys get it totally settled in, I'd love to just drop by and see what you've done to the place. Perfect. That would, that would be fantastic. We'd love to see you again. 
We were going through a bit of withdrawal. We saw you every day. That's right. <laughs> and people love those calls because I'm not calling, right. I'm not asking for anything. And if if they say, uh, well, everything's great, but the, the basement bathroom's not working, the first thing you should do is say, listen, I'm going to send my plumber over right now. This one's on me. Um, when will you guys be home? So you're okay. almost kind of hoping there's a problem so that you can jump in and fix it really quickly. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Because what I found is when you're working with a client all the way up to the closing of the transaction, your clients, you know, what you're doing, they kind of expect it, you know? Right, right. But once it's closed and everything you do after that moment in time, um, most agents don't do anything, so you don't really have much competition. And you get almost like triple bonus points for every action you do after the closing of the okay. transaction because people go you know what i'm in they what they hear is i'm important you cared i'm just not another deal to you right. and um what happens is the reason this works so well is you've put your voice your personality back into their brain and over the next week or two when they're meeting somebody and someone says, hey, we're thinking about buying or selling, not only is you, are you top of mind, but your phone number is at the top of their cell phone. So it's very easy right. for them to go, oh, you know, oh, you, know, you got to talk to Carol. I just talked to her last week. like, And um, she was amazing. She did such a great job for us. Here's her cell phone number right now. You should give, she's amazing. Okay. That's great. I never even thought of that. That's great. Yeah, okay. and that's so. It's almost about um, coming up with really strategic ways to keep in touch with your clients and coming from contribution all the time, because those are the people who are most likely, um, you know, the people you give to. Um, like givers give it back. You know, there's right. going to be a. Right. There's always going to be your clients who they they just take all the time, but that's okay. They were never going to send you a referral anyway. Right. But it's okay. You can just stay up and you know and and just be that legend in their mind because that's right. when they're going to send you more referrals. Right. Fantastic. Good. All and great then, points. Yeah, and then the last thing is I'd stop sending. Like a lot of people have um, pre-done newsletters, you know, where they kind of just insert your name. And then okay. it gets sent out to them. Yep. The challenge is whenever you automate something like that, the um, like it's almost like if you send garbage, you will get garbage back in return. Right. When you call with great things and great ideas and coming from contribution, you will get great things, great ideas coming back to you. Okay. So um, a lot of people just say, oh, well, you know, and you've heard like these Touch 33 programs and you're supposed to get your newsletters and do all this stuff. Well, the real touch is when you focus on someone as an individual, you think ahead of what they really need, you find it in the marketplace for them, and you call them as a surprise, and that's when they sit there and go, you get me, you know me, and thank you so much. Okay. So can I ask, I, I do do a newsletter, um, it's not canned though. I personally write the whole thing every month. Perfect. It starts out with a lot of like personal, well, the first section is always a personal story, like what's happening in my life, like Carol, the person, Carol, the mom or Carol, the, you know, whatever. Um, and then it's all like tips and, you know, like interesting things and odd facts and, you know, just sort of weirdness. And then really there's a titch of real estate at the bottom. Would you be against that too? No, I think if you're putting the effort in to do a personal newsletter, yeah. um, people will read it. But I would 
okay. get away from doing multicolor and go into canary yellow paper. Um, so oh, actually, it's it's um it's only um an e newsletter. Oh, it's e. Okay, so e's good. The only challenge is that people do get. Do you do you have a way of tracking the unique opens on that newsletter? Like, do you know who's mm, opening? I don't. No, I don't think I do. At least I've never, I've never looked. Yeah, like I, I do get feedback. I mean, every time I send one out, I'll get anywhere from five to fifteen people will comment on something in there. Perfect. Great. And it's not always, apart from my mom, it's not always the same five to ten people. That's right. You know, so it's it's a mixture. Like, yeah. for instance, for Canada Day, instead of sending the standard Canada Day thing, you know, Happy Canada Day, I sent what my Canadian story was and how, you know, mm. my grandmother was supposed to be on the Titanic and didn't go on it. You know, so I, I talked about all four of my grandparents. And then I said, what's your Canadian story? And I got back all these amazing stories. You know, my family fled from, you know, Thailand and my, my family did this. And my, it, was, it was amazing. So I was really wow. happy with that. Yeah. yeah. So well, anything I think, that's sort of personalized is fine. Yeah. And, yeah, and, it's, and that requires them to act. That's the key. Yeah. Yeah. So okay. the more you can, the more interactive you can make it. And then what I would do is I would publish the best Canadian stories and send it back out to all my clients. Okay. Good idea. Yeah. Just ask their permission or feature one story um, every newsletter and say, listen, the, the, you know, the response has been overwhelming for these Canada stories and they fill my heart or whatever and I want it to fill yours. So here's the story from so-and-so. I mean, obviously you have okay. to get their permission and stuff. But yes. um, yeah, anything that says um, you're important to me, you mean something that's interactive is always the best marketing. Okay. Because what I'm finding right now is while we're it's most people like we feel like we're so connected to everybody, but we're really very alone in many cases. And we all have friends, you know, even on Facebook who post all the time, like here's my coffee, here's my th-. and the, and you know yeah. kind of deep down they're the loneliest people right now. Right. So right. I think what to cut through all the clutter, the more personal touch you can do with your clients, the more um just the more tied they are to you. Um, because there's a really interesting stat that when they surveyed, um, uh, what was it? Um, NAR did this big survey of 100,000 um, sellers, and they asked them a question, would you use your agent again? And 88% said they would do it. Yet right. 22%, the actual number is only 22% actually use their agent again. Wow. Yeah, so the that gap is, is yeah, that's the gap. It's because people just don't keep in touch, and then they're just like, and then you ever see agents are hurt that their past client from five years ago, uh, who they didn't keep in touch with, has listed with someone mm-hmm. else, and they, and it's like, right. yeah, well, whose fault is that? You know? Yeah, so, exactly. Yeah. So I only we only have about two minutes left, so I'm just going to okay. kind of um, just talk briefly about open houses, and okay. then um, I think hopefully you'll get more of a blueprint of just to kind of follow. So um, what I've learned with open houses is the key is is what's your offer that you're going to make at an open house. Okay. 
And so when people come through an open house, the best thing, um, you know, I'm, I'm not a big fan of getting everyone to sign in. Um, okay. There are some agents who do, and like this is just my opinion, people are listening to today. So um, <clears throat> because I just don't believe in starting a relationship off with a lie sometimes, which is, you right. know, for security reasons, show me your driver's license and sign right. in. Because right. people I find are annoyed when you call them anyway afterwards. So. Right. I just welcome them. I go, hey, thanks a million for coming in. I really appreciate you taking the time out. I'm going to feel free to walk through the house. I'm I'm not going to point out the kitchen or the dining room. I know you're (laughs) smart enough for that. But, you know, for security reasons, I do have to hover around, you know, because I'm just responsible. And um, But I'm here if you have any questions, and great. And then once they finish, um, the key question to ask everybody is, what have you done so far? Right. Okay. It's a one open-ended question, no yes, no, no answer. And people will say, oh, we just started looking or, you know, oh, we're working with an agent or we're just nosy neighbors. They'll, they kind of like drop their guard. Right. And then, uh, then I start thinking, well, what's an offer that I could make um, to kind of start converting these people? And the offer I would always make is, um, you know, if they say, oh, we just started looking, I'd say, oh, well, you know what, would you like me to send you a free list of the top 10 homes in the neighborhood. Like it's no cost, no obligation. I'll send it by email. And some people say no and other people go, yeah, that's great. And the moment they say that is the moment you have permission to go into a um, buyer consultation. And then there's just the four simple questions. What is the perfect home, perfect area, perfect time frame, and perfect price? Uh, and then you send it to them. And then in there, there's another offer that says, would you like to go on a free, no hassle, no obligation orientation tour? We're going to see eight homes. You're not allowed to buy one that day. Um, we're just going to go out and look. I want to see what your money and expectations are. You know? Okay. Perfect. And the not more you can – <laughs> yeah, can't buy. Well, the more you make it um, so easy for people to do business with you, the easier it becomes. And, okay. you know – so you were mentioning earlier about, you know, how do I kind of, I want to follow up with people, but sometimes I feel I'm too aggressive or pushing them too much. And it's just mm-hmm. like the way you get over that is give them an offer and not everyone's going to take it, but the people right. who are ready will take the offer. And then that's where you start to kind of um, put your energy towards. So Perfect. So I'm not really just chasing, scrambling after a bunch of people. I'm honing in on the people that are serious now. Yeah. And if you focused on, I only need to pick up one client per open house instead of 20 leads, you'll find that your conversion rate will go up because it doesn't matter. You're just like, not you, not you, not you, not you, not you, you, because you'll start getting attracted to people who have the same mindset values. Um, You know, they answer questions. They don't hide things like, you know, all the characteristics you like in yourself, you'll like in other people. Okay. And then the last thing I would tell you is um, do sneak peek open houses for every listing, like do them on Thursday nights before the listing goes on the market. Have a wine and cheese for all the neighbors. And um, it's okay if you have time to do open houses during the week between 6 and 9 p.m. because you'd be surprised at how many people will stop by those open houses. Okay. Fantastic. I've never tried that. Yeah. So did you get a pretty good understanding there? Does, does that give oh, you yeah. a bit of a blueprint to fall? Absolutely. Lots okay. Of <laughs> wow. Okay. Well, Carol, thank you for your time on this call. Just stay thank on the line, you. though, okay? Um, okay? But I just wanted to really thank you and just say, you know, you're incredible, and I hope that helps. And um, here's to double your income uh, in 2016. Awesome. Thanks so much, Glenn. Okay.